You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. The highly acclaimed, up-to-date educational resource recently published a very interesting article titled, A Patient-Centered View of the Clinician-Patient Relationship. In this article, the authors note that physicians and patients are drifting apart. They define seven broad dimensions of care of most concern to patients. What are these seven? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, author of You Can Think Like a Psychiatrist, your host, and with me today is Dr. Maria Hester, a board-certified internal medicine specialist with over 12 years of experience in direct patient care and patient education. She has a special interest in preventive medicine and empowering people to partner in their health care by teaching them patient skills. Welcome to ReachMD. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Dr. Hester, please tell us about your work in patient education. How did you get started on this? Well, I got started because when I was a medical student, I had a very sad patient. This patient was probably in her early 50s, and she had a huge breast cancer. It was probably the size of a golf ball, and it was draining green pus. And I remember thinking, we cannot cure this. However, if she had known a few years ago what she could have done differently, the mammograms, the breast exams, and so forth, she wouldn't be sitting in front of us now in an incurable situation. And I've always had a passion when it comes to educating people on how to improve their lives, specifically when it comes to their health care, because there's so much potential that people have that's unleashed. Mm-hmm. So you really got started in this, right, as you were beginning in your medical career? I've always loved this. I've always loved the ability to tell people things that can really improve their lives. It's extremely rewarding. Mm-hmm. Now, in the paper I mentioned earlier, a patient-centered view of the clinician-patient relationship, it says that patients are concerned about seven things. Can you fill us in on those, please? Certainly. Number one, communication is an issue. Specifically, communication between patients and their providers, including dissemination of timely, accurate, and appropriate information, and educating them on the long-term implications of their disease and illness. So communication is listed as number one. People want to understand what's going on. Number two is the involvement of friends and family members. Now, with the HIPAA regulations, of course, that is a little bit more difficult, nevertheless, Patients can always sign waivers, and when patients give permission for doctors to speak freely in front of their friends and family members, then this will satisfy this particular issue. Number three is respect. Patients want to feel respected. Everyone doesn't have the same needs. Everybody doesn't have the same cultural preferences and so forth, and so it's very important to respect individuals and the things that they believe in. Number four is coordination of care within the clinical setting. It's extremely important simply because it's not uncommon for patients to go to specialists and other places and the records haven't arrived or they have to reschedule and the care does not go as smoothly as it should go or tests have to be repeated. And so coordinating care is very important. Number five is transition and continuity from one locus of care to another, which goes back into the coordination of care. Primary care doctors are generally uh, gatekeepers and internists and family practitioners, and even gynecologists deal a lot with coordinating care between the specialists, but then there is the transition and the continuity from one location to the next. 
Number six is emotional support and alleviation of fears and anxiety. And of course, anybody who is sick, particularly who is anybody who is extremely sick, wants to know that the health care provider actually values them and cares for them as individuals. And number seven, of course, is enhancing their comfort. Nobody wants to suffer. Aren't we in danger of losing control if we give patients all of these privileges? One would think so, but actually not, because if you consider how important these things are to the patients, we can either give them deliverables or they can find somebody else. And there will be other physicians who are willing to back off of the power role and partner with patients. Everybody needs to be respected. Everybody needs to feel valued. And patients often feel that doctors speak down to them. They're insulted. They do not appreciate it. And it's hard for them to have that special sort of bond in which they really trust their physicians when they only go to see the physician when they absolutely have to or the wife drags them in or they're on death's door. But that's not our goal. We want patients to feel comfortable with us, to be able to sit down, tell us their feelings, tell us their thoughts, and partner with us to improve their health. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is internist and patient education expert, Dr. Maria Hester. We are discussing the patient-centered view of the clinician-patient relationship. Now, how can we possibly have time to do all of this in, in an office visit? Well, there are a variety of things. For instance, when we talk about communication between patients and providers, one thing that we can do is just enforce the some very basic things. For instance, let patients know. We want to know, generally we want to know what, why, when, who, how. If you become sick, you know, what were you doing when you became sick? Another what, what specific symptoms are you having? Where, where does it move? Where were you? There are some very basic things that people can remember that will help them think through their problem before they go to see the doctor. If they sit down and they write out a lot of questions for themselves with the what, who, where, when, how, who could be, who else in the family has the same problem, who around you has been sick. But this is something that doesn't require Basically, it requires very little time at all on the doctor's part. It would be much better, of course, if the doctor could give the patient a handout. So when the patients go home and they become sick, they can actually pull out the handout. Okay, Dr. Jones told me the next time I become sick, think about these things. What was I doing? What have I tried? What is the name of the medicine? And just If the person can go through a list and just jot out the answers to these things before they get in to see the doctor, when they actually get there, the visit will run more smoothly. Now, is there a place where patients or or where we as physicians can get these kind of checklists? Well, I have some on my site. My site is patientschool.net, and I developed the site a few years ago to empower patients to partner in their health care. I have an article library that has articles such as Know Your Chest Pain, um, Know Your Headache, things along those lines, so patients can go and print print the article off, and then they can stop and go through each of these things when they develop some of these symptoms. And I also have some specific things in the professionals section of this website, and physicians are more than welcome to print the articles, photocopy them, even though I have a copyright. You have my verbal permission to make copies of all of these and hand them out to your patients. That can be very valuable to them. 
And that website again is www.patient spelled out patientschool.net. Patientschool.net. Great. Any other ideas on how to improve things from the patient side of the clinician-patient relationship? Well, yes. I think that if patients had access to their records, not necessarily every jot and tittle in the medical record, but if patients knew specifically what their issues were, then that would be very beneficial. For instance, There is a big difference between a patient saying, I have some kidney problems, meaning I am close to having end-stage renal disease, and I have some kidney problem, meaning I really had a bladder infection three months ago. Patients often, they don't know specifics, and so they'll give us just very general, vague information. Not only can they not thoroughly research their disease on the Internet, the library, or anyplace else, but they can't convey that history. And so one thing that we can do is make sure they know the exact diagnosis, whether it is bronchitis or streptococcal pneumonia or urinary tract infection. You know, even if you want to get specific, it was E. coli. It was sensitive to Cipro and resistant to all these other things. Just whatever you feel comfortable with, I think it's important for patients to have access to these things. Because there will come times over and over again that the patients are going to need to know these things, that they're just not going to have access to the information, such as that 3 a.m. ER visit when the patient is low sick, can't really give a good history, doesn't really know what to tell the doctor, and the spouse is you know, very frazzled because the person that he or she loves is very sick, and that person can't give a good history, and even if the person could, doesn't know the history. Now, realistically, we don't do call every night ourselves. It's just it's too much. And so we have our partners cover for us more often than not. And so when that ER doctor calls our partners at 3 o'clock in the morning about this new admission, the partners are not going to be able to give information about the past history. And if the patient doesn't have that information, the patient is going to be at a disadvantage. How can we do this, though? I mean, the the logistics of people having their whole medical record seems... Well, not the whole medical record, because, you know, we can barely read our own writing, let <laughs> alone true. other people's writing. <laughs> and so I'm thinking more along the lines of a miniature list. For instance, another thing I have on this site is what I call health records at a glance. You can download it, fill it in. Basically, as Joe Friday would say, just the facts. It has the diagnoses whether it's hypertension, diabetes, whatever the case may be, surgical history, medications, medication allergies, contact information, doctor's name and phone number, pharmacist's name and phone number. This is a a sheet of paper that they can print off. They can have the backside photocopy so it will fit on one sheet. They can fold it up, keep it in the wallet with them. So no matter where they go, whether they're in a car wreck at 3 a.m. or they have chest pain at 3 a.m., no matter what the case may be, whenever they go to see the doctor or they go to the emergency room, they can pull this out and have a concise list of the most important things. Makes sense. Do you think people would really do it, though? Oh, yes. I have plenty of patients. They have similar things, but they're not very extensive. For instance, patients often pull out a crumpled list of their medication. And they say, well, it's not really updated, but this is the last thing I had. Some people are meticulous. They are the exception. But a lot of people, they do have some semblance of a medical record, whether it's updated 
or whatever the case may be. But as a, as a hospitalist, I often, you know, when I speak with patients, I often ask, do you have a list of medication? And their spouse frequently pulls out something from the wallet, the purse, or something and hands it to me. Again, it's not in the best format, and it may not be updated, but a lot of people really try, and we need to give them some structured tools to be as effective and as efficient as they can be. Well, thank you for being on our show today. Thank you for having me. We've been discussing patient education with internist Dr. Maria Hester. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and comments. Please visit us at ReachMD.com. Our new on-demand and podcast features will allow you to access our entire program library. Thank you for listening. 